Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, this is Justin Williams with the Wolfpacker Podcast. I'm joined today, as always, by co-host and editor of TheWolfpacker.com, Matt Carter. And today... We are going to reflect on the non-conference 2021-2022 regular season for the men's basketball team thus far. Not the most ideal start for Wolfpack fans. We will get into it, um, talk about what's ahead for the pack, what went wrong during the non-conference slate, and just some things to look for for the rest of the season. Um, But before we do that, let's address some household chores for our listeners and viewers at home. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us, Apple, Spotify, Google Play. We're also on YouTube, so please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give this video a thumbs up and drop a comment. If you like what we do, please do all those things. It helps us out tremendously. We like to boost our numbers up, make the bosses happy. So please subscribe wherever we are, YouTube, podcast. Give us thumbs up, rate us five stars, all that good stuff. We appreciate it. And plus, you should go to thewolfpacker.com and take advantage of a special deal the On3 Network has going on right now. For just a dollar, you get a year's worth of premium subscription to the On3 Network, which includes all the great content at thewolfpacker.com. Analysis, recruiting information, you know, premium news, content, all kinds of good stuff. You got Ryan Tice, the wrestling expert, you know, Matt Carter, the best in the game at football recruiting. Sammy Batten's going to be coming off the bench for football recruiting here soon. Basketball recruiting. Might want to be paying attention to basketball recruiting upcoming. Season goes sour. You can always talk about the future. Basketball, women's, men's, football, everything going on. That's why you should be at thewolfpacker.com. If you call yourself an NC State fan, you need to be a member. So just for a dollar, year's worth subscription, go do it right now, thewolfpacker.com. All right, Matt. So the men's basketball team, we're, we're recording this podcast coming off of the 84-70 to 70 loss to Wright State at home on December 21st. Today's December 22nd. You had a night to sleep on it. Now, it's fair to say that's been the low point of the season thus far. It's really been, it's really been the only stink bomb NC State's dropped this year. To this point, win or lose you can at least say NC State either put forth a good effort for at least a majority of the game, or they ended up winning the game before last night. Last night, they didn't find a way to win the game, and it certainly did not seem like the effort and hustle was there required to beat a struggling team that ranked lower than 200 by basically every metric among Division I teams going into that matchup. That said, you know, if we had this podcast to, uh, a week ago, Matt, I think there would be a lot of reason for optimism in this NC State team based on the performances thus far. You lose Manny Bates, your number one key player, your star center, irreplaceable guy on this roster. Really, arguably, the one player you really couldn't afford to lose. You lose him 
in the first minute of the regular season. You go on and you have competitive games against Oklahoma State, most recently Purdue, number one team in the country at the time, arguably, you know, definitely going to be a Final Four contender. Probably should have won that game. You lose in overtime to them. You lose to Louisville, a team you probably should have won down the stretch. You win the Big Ten matchup against Nebraska in four overtimes, a team you probably should have taken care of in regulation, but that's besides the point. You win, you beat a Power 5 opponent. But these last two games against Richmond and now, um, God, I'm drawing a blank on the team last night. Right State. Right State. It's not a team that rolls off the tongue. Right State. Right State. I don't want. I don't even want to think about Wright State because it's that. That's how sour it is. Richmond, good performance. Wright State, bad performance. Matt, does last night change your opinion of this team? No, not really. It's disappointing. I, I, you can't sit here and say with a straight face that the, the game against Wright State. By the way, trivia question, Katie. I want to see what Justin Williams' is history, as he knows he's talking to a history buff over here. Let's see if the Justin Williams have a guess. Um, well, I think you're. I think the internet lagged for a second there. So, at, what was your question again? Did you ask the question? <laughs> this is great. So the question was: Where is Wright State located? Are they in Ohio? Mm-hmm. It, I yes. would guess they were in Ohio. How did I guess? Yeah. I don't know why, but I just guess that they're in Cleveland. I, I don't know. That's just like the first thing that came to mind. They they're, were from they're in Dayton, Ohio, home of the Wright brothers. Ah, okay. And, and their, their rival guess. is Cleveland State, so, you know, yeah. Ohio, it made sense. Okay. So, anyway, uh, it doesn't change my opinion. I mean, I knew the team was, they're going to have bad losses in the ACC. That's just the way they're built. Um, that's just the reality of the situation. Uh, look, I thought Kevin Keith was very honest. They're a team that has five players that can score, one of whom, Casey Morsell, is kind of working his way back from a sprained ankle and missed a couple of weeks. You know, it might take him a little while to kind of get back into to be in the double-digit score he was before the ankle injury. Um, and the reality is that these are a lot of streaky guys, a lot of um, young guys, they're inexperienced. Um, I, I honestly think that this is uh, this is kind of to be expected. I, I, I'm with you. I, I went into last night thinking they have avoided the bad loss. That's why, and I, you know, there are a lot of people who say Richmond bad loss. It, it, it just shows that they're just kind of a casual. Not, not, and I say this in a, un, an, 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 not trying to offend anybody. It just shows that that's more of a casual view of things. If you don't look at it, Richmond, Richmond was a team that would have made the NCAA tournament two years ago at a pretty good seed. I think they made last year. They were higher than NC State in the NIT seed in last year and went to the second round. And honestly, there are a couple of uh, close games, close losses, to uh, and played a very ambitious schedule away from being firmly in the NCAA tournament this year. And they're an old 
team. I think they had five guys who have been in that program, specifically Richmond, for five years or more. They had like three super seniors on that team, one of whom is a sixth-year senior, the big guy who really tore up NC State. They're a unique team in that they were old and they they don't have any transfers. They've all been at Richmond their entire careers. I mean, you can probably name three other schools that could say that. That was not a bad loss at all. And so I felt like if NC State could have beaten Wright State, they kind of almost did a chalk, so to speak. Could have beaten Richmond. That was kind of the one toss-up they lost, but they did beat Louisiana Tech at home. That's holding up well. Texas Southern and Colgate had some quality non-conference wins that NC State beat those two teams. And then Wright State happened. So, yes, that was a bad loss. That was kind of the clunker. And the funny thing, Justin, is that, you know me, I I did a list ranking the 13 non-conference opponents before the season started. You know where I had Wright State? Uh, You had them them not only penciled in, you had them in ink in the Elite Eight. (laughs) I had them top five. They were fifth. Um, On my non-conference list of – Opponents for NC State. I had them ranked fifth. So if you had told me two weeks, two months ago that they lost to Wright State, I kind of would have said, ah, that's not surprising. It's it, the way Wright State have been a disappointment up to this point. You know, maybe this gets their season on track, and in a couple months we're saying, you know what, that loss to Wright State wasn't as bad as we, we thought it was at the time, that they just kind of caught them at the wrong time. But this is a team that's going to have its ups and downs. The ACC stinks, so you can still be an up-and-down team and have a, a uh, you know, you won't have a, they're not going to have a great ACC record probably, but they can still be competitive in the ACC, and that's what you kind of look for. You want to see the growth. You want to see a team playing much better basketball in February, and that doesn't change with last night. Last night doesn't change my thought on that. I get that it was a bad loss, but you know what? Pittsburgh lost to Albany. Virginia lost to Navy and James Madison. Um, Syracuse lost to Colgate. Uh, Pittsburgh's lost a bye game three times this year. Who has? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. yeah. Yeah. Boston College, I'm sorry, lost to Albany, who is still 300 in the net, I think, even with that win over Boston College. So. Louisville just lost to Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky's not a bad team, but Louisville's not supposed to lose to Western Kentucky. Yeah, they played uh, them on the road, too. But I, yeah. I know what you're saying, Matt. There's a laundry list of, I mean, John Rothstein, he tweets out every time one of these Power 5 teams loses a bye game. Mm-hmm. And then I think now there's somebody that's replying to each of those tweets that keeps an updated list. I looked at it. It takes two tweets to go through the entire list of all of these Division One teams that have lost home games, home by games, um, you know, like this. So, so NC State's not alone in the embarrassment. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't minimize the the disappointment from the result sure. last night at all. I mean, it, you know, NC State should have won that game. NC State's a much more talented team. It was a want-to game, and the way you can really tell a team's energy is on the defensive end. If they're locked in, they're dialed in, they want to win that game, they are locked in every defensive possession. NC State gave Wright State way too many easy baskets last yeah, night. It was, they, were, it was, they were working part-time at best on the defensive end, and when Terquavion Smith was by far the most you know, electric player 
on the court last night for NC State. You know, it's it's been great what he's been able to do offensively. Defensively, he's just not there yet. That's okay. It'll come. But Terquavion Smith doesn't need to be the bus driver. He's a young freshman. It's December. He shouldn't be expected to be the spark plug and the emotional leader and the scoring leader on this team. That that role is for guys this year like Jericho Hellams. Darion Sebron has stepped, on, stepped into that role. Darion Sebron, a quiet night for him last night. Mr. Double-Double, I mean, he's had a ACC Player of the Year type resume thus far. But when you lose that double-double performance from him and you lose those you know, 20-plus points you seemingly can count on almost every night, you know, easy buckets at the rim, when you lose that and nobody else is shooting particularly well, then you get, you get the result that you got last night. Um, so, and, and it stinks because I think it takes away from a lot of positives of this team. I was telling you off air, Matt, uh, I think last night was was more symptomatic of what I expected post-Manny Bates injury. I thought, to me, when Manny Bates went down, I thought it was catastrophic. I thought it, this is going to be ugly. I think NC State's probably going to finish towards the bottom of the ACC. That could still be true. Um, but NC State didn't look like that team post-Manny Bates' injury. Now, it looked ugly at times against you know, the non-Power 5 opponents, the opponents that you say, Matt, you know, you don't necessarily get up for and get too excited about. But the opportunities against Oklahoma State and Louisville and Purdue, more in line with the games that you're going to have, you know, night in, night out in the ACC schedule, which is coming up, they looked good. They were competitive. There were times where you wanted to pull your hair out, and they kind of had, you know, in, in every game, NC State's kind of had this five to ten minute stretch of just forgetting how to play basketball. But then they've come out of that, and they, you know, it's part of the system, too. When you play so aggressive on defense, you can force turnovers, you can get buckets in transition, you can make runs and come back quickly, as was the case against Oklahoma State, as was the case against Louisville. Purdue is kind of the opposite. You control all of that game, and then it's like you hit the panic button. The young team really starts to show itself at the end of that game. Purdue, a team that's going to contend for a title this year, you know, that's what good teams do. They figure out ways to win games they have no business winning. But there's a lot, a lot of good things to take away from this non-conference slate, and it just stinks that it ends with you know, the stinker against Wright State, which is, of course, the way a lot of people are going to remember the non-conference slate. And now you look ahead to ACC, and it's a new opportunity for NC State, to me. I'm going to write a column about it this week. Um, but, you know, you, if you're NC State, if you're being realistic with yourself, post-Manny Bates injury, this is not, this is not a tournament-quality roster, okay? And... For, for the measuring bar to be to make the NCAA tournament, that's probably a recipe for failure. They need to be thinking game in, game out. How can I play the best game possible on any given night? Competitive basketball. You hit the nail on the head, Matt. If they can play competitive basketball, then I think a lot of the negativity around the program goes away because I think fans will be understanding it's a limited roster. But I expect NC State to bounce back next week on the road against Miami. I don't think they're going to be very proud of that right state performance. 
and I think we'll see more in line with the team that we've seen earlier in the non-conference slate. You know, a team against Miami, a team that, you know, is a winnable game. Matt, you can go ahead and talk about the rest of the ACC because, you know, really there's only one other fan. There's really one fan base in the ACC that's feeling good about itself right now, and it's Duke. Well, yeah, Duke and Wake Forest, too. They're well, 10 and 1, 10 and 1. But I would argue Wake Forest for my. I went through the net rankings of all their opponents, and that I, that had got to be one of the bottom five or ten non-conference schedules. They did a nice win for them over Virginia Tech and ACC play, but uh, they have a, a one decent non-conference win. That was Northwestern, who wasn't even that was scheduled for them, and we'll see how Northwestern holds up over time. Um, they scheduled one other good non-conference game, and then the rest of the schedule is terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, but, yeah, they probably feel good about themselves. And, yeah, I think Miami's actually a pretty decent team. That wouldn't surprise me if they end up being the surprise top five team in the ACC this year. So that's a tough first assignment. I think Clemson is, and UNC are decent teams. I, I, Louisville has been a bit of a disappointment, but I think they can be a decent team by the end of the year. Florida State, it's just nobody special. Right, it's just only one team that had the chance to be a special team. You look at all the teams, you say, "Yeah, they're good, but they're nothing special." That's how I would describe them. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the takeaway I have from non-conference too. By the way, I still love the schedule. I think it's just far more prepared to play in the ACC because of it. Suffered a little bit from a win-loss standpoint, but that's okay. Um, but they also showed the warts of this team. You talked about it with the roster, and this is a team that. Right now, it does not shoot the ball well, and that's not a one-off. That's been a consistent theme with this team. It's on pace to have one of the worst field goal percentage shooting as a team in the last 30 years. Um, it's just it's not a good shooting team. They struggle to defend in the paint. They give up a lot of points in the paint. They have been outscored badly in the paint in, their four lo- in most of their losses. Louisville was an exception. Uh, so that is a problem. And they have a limited group of scores. As we mentioned, they really have five scores, and right now, kind of four because Casey Morsell hasn't quite been the same since he came back from the ankle injury. So, if you have a situation like Wright State, where Cam Hayes and Darion Sebron combined to go six of 24 from the field, and Jericho Hellams only scores two points after having a really nice first half, he only scores two points in the second half. And now you're in a situation where against a poor defensive team, you got 70 points. And Wright State was among the worst teams in the country in points per game allowed. And you didn't take advantage of that. They were among the worst teams in field goal percentage defense. And you didn't, and you shot less than you have one of your worst shooting nights of the year. So there are definite warts to this team, and they're not minor. They're significant. They are issues, and we didn't even get into the rebounding. They're not a good rebounding team either. So there are a lot of issues this team has. I do think, though, they have talented pieces. And you look at a lot of these guys by one service or another. You know, on three just got started. We'll get the basketball recruiting rankings going up here. Starting with this class, but in the priors, you know, if you look at the rivals in the two point seven in the ESPN. A lot of these guys, and at least one service was ranked top one hundred. Um, but right now, the, some of the parts are not greater than you know, what's the old expression. I'm trying to remember what it was. Where, um, 
Uh, let me look it up. I'm going to look it up. What's the older compressor? You ever heard it? The sum of the parts? Right. This is, yeah, it might be a little ahead of my time. I think I'm familiar with where you're going. But, but yes, n nice individual pieces, but when put together, um, yeah, they're just missing a major piece. And that major yeah. piece is, is a rim protector that's going to get double-digit rebounds and is going to get five blocks a game yeah. and is going to prevent... You know, it is going to make up for a lot of aggressive defensive play at the perimeter. Have you found the phrase, Matt? Yeah, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And right now, that's not the case for NC State, right? And the parts are not equal, are not doing that. And that's an Aristotle quote. So that's before all of our, our time. But Very um, wise. Way to drop some yeah. Aristotle in this podcast, yeah. Matt. At least for that, that's man, where the internet claiming it came man, from. What a, what a loss to right state, what that will do to you. But. Yeah. Um, actually, they say nothing Aristotle misquote, so I don't know who said it. Um, Aristotle didn't write that. Forget I even said that. But that would have been a very good job by Aristotle if he had. But right now, I don't think the sum of the parts are equaling the whole for NC State, and I think that's the issue that they have. Is just, it's just not fitting together right. And they gotta find a formula to get it to fit together right. You can do that in the ACC play this year. It doesn't mean you're gonna make an NCAA tournament, because the reality is that the ACC have put itself in such a deep hole that it's gonna be limited to three or four spots in the NCAA tournament this year. That's just the truth. That's just the harsh truth. Um, it, it will have a very limited number. This is the worst I've seen the ACC since the late '90s which ironically were dominated by Duke. You know, Duke had some teams that, I think one team went undefeated in the ACC that year. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't I, be surprised to see this Duke team go undefeated yeah. in ACC play. Yeah. They, they could, I mean, it could be hard with 20 games. Back then it was 16. And, but the, the thing about that Duke team, it was Elton Brand. They only lost one game all year. Going into the national title game, they ended up losing to an outstanding Connecticut team with Rip Hamilton in a great title game. And that Connecticut team had only lost one or two games, and it came down to the last possession. They were the two clear behemoths of college basketball. But that Duke team just steamrolled the ACC like nobody's business. But what was lost in all of that was the ACC stunk that year. They, they were lousy. They only got three teams into the NCAA tournament, and it's kind of similar this year. And so... Yeah, that's what I think. I think it's kind of readjust expectations. Say, hey, can we be competitive in a bad year? Because, you know, there, there are a lot of issues that this team will have to overcome to be competitive. And I think that's what the non-conference shows you. And it's better to learn that now going into ACC. We have a Christmas break here to kind of figure some stuff out, do some hard looks and work on some things. Then have played a bunch of cupcakes like Wake Forest, frankly, like NC State had done a couple of times in the past, and steamrolled it and, and be under an illusion that you're something that you're not. And we know what this NC State team is, and we learned a lot about this NC State team because they played a great Purdue team. They played a few really good teams that can make the NCAA tournament, and they played some really solid mid-majors that are going to probably be the top two or three seed in their respective leagues. Um, that's good. That's smart. And now we have a better understanding of what this team is. I'll end the podcast with this. 
let's remember how everyone felt about NC State basketball this time last season. NC State was coming off. It wasn't the biggest win of the year, but at that point it certainly was. A home win over UNC, a then-ranked UNC team. Um, just before the Christmas break, you're thinking NC State, you know, ACC's down this year. NC State has the pieces. They've got the nice combination of veteran experience and young talent. Maybe they can make a run and contend for the ACC this year. That did not end up being the case due to injuries and several other elements that played out in ACC competition over the months of January and February. But remember, the season is still very young. So how we feel at this point in the season, you know, if NC State goes out and gets on a hot streak in January, you know, maybe we're singing a different tune, you know, this time next month. But uh, again, it's not even halftime of the season yet. Uh, I think you still watch NC State to see you know, how they're going to compete in the ACC. To me, every team in the ACC other than Duke is beatable for NC State. Talent-wise, NC State can stack up against a lot of teams. Are they going to be able to execute what they want to do better than the other? We will see. And, um, you know, hopefully PNC is going to be rocking here for some few games uh, coming up in ACC play. I know with, you know, the holiday break and with football season being so good, I think, that's kind of stolen the thunder from the basketball team a little bit. Maybe, maybe Wolfpack Nation can help out this team a little bit, give them a home home court advantage going into the months of January and February. So, anyways, that'll do it. We'll have some more basketball podcasts coming up probably after the new year. So this is probably the last one of 2021. But uh, quick reminders before you tune out here: subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Plus. You can always watch us on our YouTube channel where you should subscribe to our YouTube channel, give this video a thumbs up, and drop a comment while you're at it. Go over to thewolfpacker.com and take advantage of the special deal the On3 Network has going on right now. For just a dollar, you can get a year's worth of premium subscription to the best news outlet that covers NC State athletics and also features the best beat writer in NC State athletics, <laughs> Matt Carter, yours truly, right there, sitting across from me. And an award-winning, future award-winning sports producer. Wow. Um, okay. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I've already nominated you for an Emmy. Tip of the cap. Tip um, of the cap. I just don't know where to send it. Okay. Okay. Maybe uh, so, let, let's get let's get a few more segments under my belt, and then we'll, then we'll talk. But uh, no, no, I already got that taken care of. You just got to tell me where to send it to. Okay. I don't know where to send the Emmy nomination to. Well. Uh, I don't know. I, don't, I think I actually I think it's Emmy season is coming up, so um, I think the ballots are going out. I don't know. I've been in TV not long. I've got to wait until the next Emmy cycle to think about that. But uh, appreciate it. Happy holidays to everyone. Um, lastly, follow us on social media. Follow our main account at the Wolfpacker on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Justin H Will on Twitter. Give us a like on Facebook. NC State Wolfpack on the Wolfpacker.com. For Matt Carter, this is Justin Williams, and this has been the Wolfpacker Podcast. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.